Daytime Confidential brought to you by TV Fan Online, your one-stop source for daytime news, gossip, opinions, and more. My name is Lisa. And I'm Luke. In this week's podcast, we discuss General Hospital, One Life to Live, Bold and the Beautiful, and All My Children. Lisa, it's been quite a week. You say that every week. I know. It's just true. It's been quite a week, hasn't it? I well, mean, don't you love sweeps? Well, I know. I know. It's just one of those things where they they just suck you in and you're so excited about everything and message boards are hopping and the weddings are all the discussion and everybody's excited about a big wedding. Can you guess which wedding that is? Oh, Antonio and Jess on One Life to Live? Oh, come on. <laughs> Why did you just have to guess that about the most exciting, absolutely positively nail-biting wedding on the planet? The most chemistry-laden couple ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Are we talking about General Hospital? Well, I wish we were, but we'll get mm. to that in a minute. In the meantime, oh, let's to discuss the, <laughs> the snore of a wedding that was one life to live this last week. Well... I guess they were trying to build the tension by having Nash try to convince Jessica she wasn't ready to get married. Even though he was completely 100% right, she isn't ready to get married. She's still healing mentally from this whole Jess Tess debacle. And, but she went ahead and went through with it. Well, and this is what uh, I don't understand about this. I mean, when you think about it, it's like, okay... If you're going to compare two soaps, both of which that have suffered majorly in the ratings, All My Children and One Life to Live, you take and you look at All My Children. They practically strung along Kendall and Zach for a good two years. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, pretty much doused any fires of fan enjoyment on them. Then you have One Life to Live, which has had a great story with um, Jessica and tests and the split personalities that was great nash comes in there's obvious amazing chemistry between mm -hmm. jessica the the actress who plays jessica and, and tess brie williams there we go and nash and Forbes <clears throat> oh yeah i mean those two are great together and nothing against the gentleman who plays antonio because it's not that it's just that De La Rose. oh i can't i am so bad at names um well He's, well, go ahead. <laughs> and it's just it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, why can't, instead of like dousing everybody's excitement, I mean, they've been dragging out these two almost as long as Zendel's been drug out on All My Children. And yes. at some point, fans tune out because they don't care. I mean, you can't draw, drag out a story, a, a couple like Tess or Jessica, whichever you want to call them, Nessica, Tessica, whatever, and Nash – and drag it out for two years and expect fans to hang in there without any some form of, I mean, well, coming no together. Payoff. Yeah, there's, there's no payoff. That, and that's that's One Life to Live's big problem. And all my children, too, since we're going that route. The thing is, you can only be slapped in the face so many times before you decide not to go back. And that's exactly the, the metaphor. I mean, the fans have been smacked upside the head with hope and then the hope being smashed so many times that they're tuning out in droves. Why did they even introduce the split 
personality storyline if they weren't going to break up Antonio and Jess. That was the whole impetus. So she could meet somebody else, so she could be with somebody else, and realize that she really, that, that part of her loved this man more than the Jessica part loved Antonio. But since it all happened, it's, you know, much to do about nothing. Well, and why couldn't, and why couldn't they have taken and brought Jessica and Nash together and instead of it always being Antonio and Jess, Antonio and Jess, Antonio and Jess, why couldn't they have brought Jessica and Nash together, have those two the ones be to end up married, have them be happy, but then start having Antonio be the underdog like Nash has been for the entire past two years and let us start rooting for someone else. Not that we maybe root for Antonio as much as we root for those two, but I mean, (laughs) no. I mean, you can't. We you can't go on for two years with no culmination, and right. and then a wedding on top of it to someone else, and expect us to stick with it. Right. Well, the head writer uh, Dana Higley said that she felt she owed it to Jess and Antonio fans. I don't know how many of those there are um, to have the wedding. And she, and she was going to have Jessica and Nash have this forbidden longing kind of thing because she loves forbidden longing. longing. Uh, forgive, said. pardon the interruption, but forbidden longing. I mean, mm-hmm. they couldn't write forbidden longing if if they wanted to hit a broadside of a barn. I mean, oh, I know. they have destroyed. So, I mean, John they just, and Natalie. They just they destroyed, destroyed Dorian and David. Dorian and David, exactly. All the couples that worked at first now totally don't work. And David's right there. And here's Dorian panning over Clint at this wedding and this reception. And David's right beside her. Hello. Who? If you got David beside you, you're not going to see Jerry Verdorn, who I love. But between him and Tuck Watkins, there's really no comparison. Well, not it's just al- ridiculous. Not only that, but if you look at it, and and you look at it, and you see for um, Todd and Blair. I mean, Todd and Blair is a, an iconic couple, and you they deserve the due they get. However, Don, Todd and Blair have been so done so many times that at this point they need to go their separate ways and just need like a good two years of no type of getting back together. I mean, completely separate orbits with the exception of Star and how they have to relate as two separated parents. Because I'm and telling Jack. you what, I'm well, and Jack, but I'm because I'm telling you what, I'm getting sick of watching these two go at it over and over and over and over. Well, it's stale it, and it's, it's unoriginal, yeah. and that's all that we're getting from this well, writing regime. And it, and it just goes to show, I mean, this week, Guiding Light was at 2.4. All My Children was 2.3, and one Life to Live was 2.3. Guiding Light has moved up to sixth Whoa. in the ratings. Let me bask. I know. It's so great. <laughs> but it, they so deserve it because, I mean, All My Children has been systematically destroying itself. One Life to Live has not been far behind. The thing about it is is it has nothing to do with the actors. It's nothing not to do all. with the actors. It's not all not. the writing. The writing is so bad. It's so bad. The pacing is awful, and that falls to the writing and the editing staff. Nothing clicks nothing makes sense i don't get the character motiv- motivation i don't everything is plot driven plot driven plot driven i don't care about the plot i want character driven stories yeah there is no depth to any of these characters none at all i mean and, and that's and not their fault that's not they, the actor's fault and they keep recycling in all these characters in and out in and out in and out all these new supposedly hip characters that Ew. you just i mean okay <laughs> they're so hip they want you to go in for hip surgery i mean <laughs> it's it's just 
horrible. Oh, well, they're just, and and some of the actors that they're bringing on aren't as talented as the ones that are, leave, that are leaving, so the balance isn't there. Tell me this. How is it possible that we can have character depth when Julia Barr is getting fired, in essence, Terry Ivins is asking out of her contract, rumors of Walt Willie's demise as Jackson are everywhere. Spoiler alert. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if anybody's listening to this podcast... They should know from the get-go, it is spoiler alert through the whole thing, because we just intersperse it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Then you have, I mean, you have all these characters that are gone. Greenlee's gone. Brooke will be gone. Simone will be gone. Possibly, and well, David, Walt Willie. You have all these characters. And then who do they bring on? They are bringing on Jeffrey Carson as Zarf. Now, (laughs) Zarf from under what planet? Under what planet? Okay, first of all, we have JR, we have Jamie, we have Josh. All three are pr- basically single for all intents and purposes. I mean, and they've all pretty much been circling around one woman, babe. Ugh. Okay, how much you want to bet that Zarf comes in and he's dating babe? Oh, I mean, don't you remember he was totally enamored of her? Exactly. Oh, you're hot. Oh, you're such a businesswoman. And oh, you under can take your okay, break. so okay. Another spoiler alert, just putting it out there. The serial killer storyline is coming up and or was announced this week. And we know that Aaron, the actress who plays Aaron, is leaving. And she is going to be falling victim to the serial killer. So, so is Simone. So is Simone. Dan, the actress who plays Danielle, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong on this, um, is on reoccurring or maybe doesn't even have a contract. So, exactly, if they're bringing in Zarf, that means that there is only one other actress to play with, assuming they don't try and put her with Bianca, which is a whole other potential catastrophe onto its own. But mm-hmm. that means that you would have J.R., Jamie, Josh, and Zarf all circling around Babe. Babe. Unless, the, the unless in their infinite wisdom, in their infinite wisdom, they had Zarf competing with Ryan for Annie. Now, I don't know what planet that would work on. I just know. Trash. <laughs> Sorry. Now, now. Edit that out. Now, <laughs> <Edit>. now. <laughs> no, it's too much work to edit. But now, now, I will just do okay. a little reproving slap on the wrist here. Well, but I mean, I'm sorry, I speak the truth. So, anyways, <laughs> it's just so wrong. And it's just bad. It's bad, 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 bad. That it's mass vet exodus, and they think that the young, hip characters are going to bring in these viewers. Guess what? It's doing the opposite. I would rather see Adam and Brooke and Crystal go at it with Tad circling the outside with Dixie than see Zarf, you know, battle Josh for Babe. You know, like the whole Seventh Fleet hasn't been in on that action. Well, I mean, come on, people. Exactly. Exactly. And last week, I mean, this past week, I mean, the scenes like, like I have I have two DVRs. I'm very proud of that. I can record tons of shows on this. <laughs> but I mean, I record these shows and I try and watch what I consider to be interesting stuff. And let me tell you, I fast forwarded through 99% of the Josh and Babe stuff. I forwarded I mean, except You're for when lucky duck. except for when it involved JR because Jacob Young as an I mean is so great as JR and I'm I can't on, on a complete side wrong. topic what they have done to destroy JR as a character is beyond reprehensible. Okay, However, why have they done this? Why have they done this? Because they want Babe to look like the victim. And this is to my point. This past week, the best moments on this podcast were this past week when 
the Canes, the Chandlers, and the Martins were all in that emergency room, and they were going at each other, and they were going at Babe. And yet, you know what? They still make her as the victim. On what planet is Babe the victim? Uh, you know what? I have to disagree with you just a little bit. I think that was a great scene, one of my favorites of all times, because Babe was getting smacked down. But another one that really touched me was when Bianca and Jr. were talking in Josh's room. Oh, completely. And but, they, but, were, they were talking about their friendship and the way they used to be and how – did you see the way Jacob Young stared at her? He was sad. Oh, I know. He was longing. He was lonely. And I just went, yes, that's what I want to see because that is J.R. Chandler. That is character-driven drama. And, right and, there. and those two actors – are Emmy Award winning. They both have amazing talent. Those are the type of actors that we should be watching. We should not be watching Zarf. We should not, no. I mean, and not, and just back up to my point, I think you sort of missed my point in that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what my point about the characters in the emergency room is those characters were pro- comprised primarily of heritage yes. characters. Yes. I mean, and most of them, with the exception of Josh and Babe, which I'll tell you what, I didn't even mind Josh and Babe in those scenes so much because the depth of when they do those great family scenes or or those group scenes with the veteran actors the heritage characters and actors they those characters i mean it's like they pull up the other people who are lacking i mean and not and it's not josh the actor that's lacking it's the character but they just bring the character of josh and they pull him up by the bootstrings and they make it so much better and yet we're stuck with, with scenes I mean, we're 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 stuck with scenes the eighty percent of the time of confusion, where you have all these people in this hip little thing, and sure that's cool, and sure that's interesting, and I'm sure it appeals to an eighteen to thirty-four demographic. But I'm in that demographic, and me let me too. tell you, I don't tune in for those scenes because yeah. they're so shallow. I mean, those scenes in the in confusion, those scenes with Ryan and and Annie, those are just a reflection of the shallow environment of our society today. Exactly. Whereas our if, ADD mentality. Exactly. Where if you take and look at the characters that were in the hospital scene, you had rich, textured characters, layers, family alliances, and clashing, and it's just something that is fun to watch. It's classic, pure soap. Why can't? I mean, I realize that not every scene can be a group scene where everybody's going at each other like that, but why can't they do something more? I mean. I don't know. Well, I think you have a really good point about um, actors bringing out the best in other actors and scenes like that. Um, Eden Regal, who plays Bianca, is like that. Um, Alicia Minshew, who plays Kendall, does that. Oh, Eden! Um, Eden can bring out Eden can bring out Eden the has best chemistry. She could bring out the best chair. in a stone. I mean, oh, exactly. That girl. But I think reason the, that scene works so well. Exactly what you said, but. I I wasn't paying attention to Josh and Babe. They were they were peripheral in that scene to me, even though they were the 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 main subjects. I was so drawn by Dixie's anger. Finally, finally, there's Dixie. Thank you for coming back. You know she's been back for what six months now. She came back Friday. Um, Adam Amen. Chandler, Amen. Adam Chandler was back. He he grew his um, brass knockers. Back. Uh, back Friday, and I cheered. I went. It's about time. And you and know what? I don't really give. Wife. I don't really give a flying flip if Crystal uses that baby against him, because more than likely it's going to end up being a sanctimonious Martin, anyways. In oh, yeah, which case, bad. I mean, it. I mean, 
Okay, once again, you have Babe, who has completely destroyed JR's life on multiple, at exactly. ulti- on multiple occasions. Then you have Crystal, who I love the character of Crystal, but I'm sorry, I'm getting sick of her always sticking up for well, her daughter. She enables her tramp daughter. And Exa- exactly. This, this week in my these... article in, in Tempo um, on TV and online, I do address this, and Luke uh, agrees with me. <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, it's just one of those things where... There's so little depth, and I mean, when you look at it, and what's what's really ironic is the the lack of depth in the youth character, for the majority of the youth characters mm-hmm. that have that has been evident for at least the last year and a half, two years, is now starting to seep up into the heritage characters. Because I'll tell you what, the scenes with Jack Jackson and Erica and Jeff, it just seems like filler. There's wow. nothing to them. And, I mean, Walt Willie is an amazing actor. Susan Lucci is an amazing actress. The guy who plays Jeff, I mean, is doing a great job. But it's like Jackson and Erica aren't even, they're not even acting as if they're married. They're not acting, I mean, the way that they're having Erica treat Jackson is reprehensible. Oh, it's terrible. And the thing about it is, is they could be doing a story where there's actually more depth and everything. But they, I mean... I made the mention of this in the forums on the all, one of the all my children threads. And so, folks, if you ever want to hear great forums, go to tvfanonline.com slash forums. Join in the um, conversation. We'd love to have you there. But my point was this. They have taken, and Erica has always been a shallow character in, in many respects because she's always been so obsessed with money and glamour and all this other stuff. But there have been layers to that shallowness that have made her an interesting character. Mm-hmm. But now, they have they they have made her shallow the same way that they're making the younger. They've made the majority of the younger characters shallow, and in terms of depth, and it all pretty much started back in Las Vegas when she went on that whole thing as a showgirl, and ever since then, the Erica that we know and love as a great three dimensional character has been this shrieking, shrill character that all she does around is, is, is go around town shaking her fist in, someone, in her children's or her children's romantic liaisons. Mostly. Or the, she only ends up basically, I mean, stringing Jack's along. The only time you ve- very rarely see character depth within her is when she's with Lily. Right. Well, I, see, I kind of disagree with you. Not all the way, to- not totally, but like when she married Jack, you know, in Florida, that she was gorgeous. Oh, yeah, she there. had such a lovely air about her. When she was at Bianca's bedside, wonderful. When she was at Kendall's bedside, wonderful. When she wasn't shrieking, exactly, of course. But here's my point. Um, Jeff uh, versus Jackson thing and how she and Jeff are finding their emotions again. Um, Newsflash writers, they didn't have the emotion. Erica married Jeff Martin just because he was a doctor and it could give her some respectability as she built her modeling career. And Jeff only married Erica to get back at his dad because he was so tired of trying to live up to the Martin name. So guess what? There wasn't a great love there. There was lust and, you know, mutual reasons to get married. That's it. So this great love that they're saying that, oh, we're revisiting this great love. No, they're not. There well, wasn't anything there. And this is, again, another plot-driven story. It's well, not, not only that, that but it makes sense. But if, if the rumors would be true and Walt Woolley would be out, which I hope to God they aren't, <gasps> if that was true, I mean, he could become the, he could become the victim of the serial killer. I oh, mean, no. and then basically they'd, leave, they'd have Jeff and Erica together, and oh, 
I mean, nothing against the actor, but oh, I'm sure it's a lot cheaper to bring back Jeff than to pay um, the Walt Willies um, for playing Jackson, who's been on there for umpteen years. And they're I mean, so excited and, together, aren't they? And Ugh. well, it's not that that it's not even that. That's not my point at all because I sort of like the triangle. But my point is, they keep getting rid of these heritage characters because they say that they're too expensive or they're not demographically appealing. But then they go and they bring in all these characters who no one gives a flying flip about. I mean, well, all these. They would all, say that Jeff Martin's a heritage character, and he kind of is. Well, he but is to a certain extent, time, but what Jack I'm saying is, is in terms Erica's of cost love. of contracts, I'm talking well, in terms sure. of cost and contracts, they probably are getting the, the actor who plays Jeff for half the price of the actor who plays Jackson. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't care about all that, but I, I just, it annoys me that we're not being listened to. I don't know what else to say. I mean, if you read any message board, you'll see Jack and Erica, Jack and Erica, Jack well, and Erica. Yet they may be booting Walt Willie out. I mean, what are they thinking? They're not thinking it's all about the money, like we always say. It's all about the bottom line, the dollar. Well, and I realize that it's a competitive environment that these the executives. What, Erica? I no. Well, <laughs> Sorry. okay, that's, that's true. But I mean. To me, it's like if you're going to bring in expensive people like Donny Osmond, and if you're going to be bringing in expensive people to get a ratings bump, mm-hmm. why don't you bring in – and this sort of leads to our next topic – but why don't you bring in either heritage characters that haven't been around for short stints, mm-hmm. or why don't you bring in actors who are – mainstream actors who actually appear for several episodes sort of like bold and beautiful does but let me my suggestion was kate collins i mean she she was the entire (laughs) reason for watching that whole terrible storyline her and her and um chrishell staus were the reason for watching that all and she's off in some psychiatric ward i mean if because why they don't know how to write for her Oh, exactly, because it all centered around Babe instead of Amanda and Janet, like it should have. Oh, I just thought of something. Started centering around Babe again. I just thought of something. What if they bring back Kate Collins as a serial killer? If they do that, if they do that, okay, I I will take enjoy Kate Collins on my screen at any point in time because I absolutely love her. But But if they if they bring her back for that reason, I would rather have her come back as the person trying to protect Amanda because she knows who it is, but no one will believe her, especially after everything that's happened. I mean, how better? How better? How great would it be to have to have Janet come back and actually be good, but everybody? she's bad and all she's doing is to trying to protect her daughter and ends up being the person who saves the day i mean not only could that redeem janet in an essence but it would solve many of the hurt and angst that's with amanda and her and it would be great i'm hoping personally that it's trevor's dead body wandering around looking for his head because wouldn't that be great oh no see my personal (laughs) my personal my personal joy my like my personal prayer. I hope to God, who the serial killer is, and this is this would be my dream serial killer person. Either my dream serial killer person or my dream victim. One of the two. It doesn't really matter. Jonathan. Um. If Jonathan could be the serial killer again after having killed all these other people, it yes. would pretty much lock him away forever. Or I could handle him being the first victim, considering the last time there was a killing spree, he was the person responsible, and they blamed him on a tumor. But I'm telling you what, if they blame this serial killer on a tumor, no, that is they not going to cut it. Again. 
you know, just let me have a moment to bask in that image of Jonathan being killed. Um, okay, I'm good. I hope he is the serial killer and that Jack gets to kill him in self-defense because who is the only person who has griped about Jonathan the entire time? It has been Jackson. And he deserves a little pat on the back. Okay, let's get to our next story before I get even angrier. <laughs> okay, and we sort of segued into it. We sort of we segued did. into it, but The Bold and the Beautiful has been doing this ingenious little thing with their show. And now, granted, they have they have such a small cast, and they only run a half an hour, but they found a way to boost their ratings, bring in interesting people to help boost those ratings, and have them play pivotal characters. And what they've been doing is basically hiring mainstream actors, primetime actors, or actors who were once big draws but are now maybe, say, B-list people or C-list people, and bring them into daytime where they would be A-list equivalent and help them boost the ratings but play pivotal roles. I mean, this week they had the news about Betty White coming in as Stephanie's mother. I mean, Mm -hmm. how brilliant is that? Oh, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a riot. I mean, and she's she's appearing for what? Ten episodes. Ten episodes. Okay, yes. so if she's appearing for ten episodes, not only will those be ten excellent, great episodes, just because Susan Flannery is so amazing, and her versus Betty White is just almost oh, mind-boggling. Betty but I mean, White's such it, a talent. It will she's be must-see TV. It will be must-see TV. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, Excuse it's me. Be so much fun, especially if the rumors are true about what the storyline is going to be dealing with. Ooh, I and haven't I, heard I them. What are the rumors? Oh, okay, the rumor is that Stephanie's father was an abuser, very abusive to Stephanie and her sister. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember her sister's name. Pamela, I think. Pamela, who's going to be played by Allie Mills, who was the mother on The Wonder Years. So um, that their father was very abusive and that... Um, Stephanie's mother, Betty White, who will be playing Ann Douglas, knew about it and just ignored it. And so Stephanie's issues with control and running her son's life all go back to her mother letting her father have control of her daughters and, and abusing them. That's the rumor. And I, I, I feel that that is a pretty good substantiated rumor at this point. Well, and and to me it's like, I mean, they they've done it. They brought on on Antonio Sabato Jr. I mean, the, and granted he's been on there he, he's been on there for a longer run than like say 10 episodes, but I mean, they brought him in. He plays a pivotal role, but he'll be a character that once he leaves, Felicia and Bridget can still go at it on their own over him after he's gone. The same goes over, for over him with Janet Jackson and Vanessa Marcel. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, but then they have, I mean, they brought in Patrick Duffy as Brooke's father. I mean, he played yep. he played a pivotal role in helping take and get it so that Brooke could, like, try and scheme to get Brooke in, I mean, in charge of Forrester Creations. They brought in Mario Lopez as, um, Hector, <laughs> as, as Hector's brother and the doctor. He played a pivotal role in the Felicia Cancer storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really quite genius. And you know what? I would love if all my children was doing something like this instead of bringing on Donny Osmond. I mean, New Beginnings is the biggest joke on the planet. But it's so funny. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't it, know why it just it cracks me up. But I mean, if they <laughs> uh, if they were going to bring in someone, I would rather have them bring in someone for like a ten arc episode. I mean, the rumors are that Rosie's coming back for right. for well, a guest appearance know, on All My Children. Well, you know what, what if she would Donny right? Because Disney has, you know, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, and Jacob Young plays Lumaire, who's the little candlestick, and Donny Osmond 
plays Gaston, who's the bad guy. And so to tie it all together, ABC Disney, they brought in Donnie. So Well and, and I don't have and I don't have a problem with cross promotion because I understand that you have to do it. But what I'm saying is how great would it be if you had someone come in and they were to play a character of say Zack's mother in flashbacks or well, well, why not have Kelly Ripa start as herself and go you know you look really familiar you know did you know do you have a sister you know because she used or, to play Haley. or even I or, mean that would be so cute and witty or but, even uh, even better why don't they have Haley Ripa come back for 10 episodes as Haley and have her whip um I can't think um Colby into shape because basically they pattern Colby after her. I mean, Poorly. well, that can be debated to whatever <laughs> what you want to. But what I mean, they could bring her back for ten episodes. It would be a great ratings bump. She could she could have a storyline that could play a pivotal, a be a pivotal have a pivotal point in a Colby storyline, mm-hmm. and it would boost ratings. They mm-hmm. could they could bring back other actors that may have been on the soaps, but they could also bring in people who aren't, and they could come in as characters i mean right i don't know it just but julia Barr's not going to be there and neither is simone and you know aaron and possibly jackson so what's the point i'm just kidding well i'm just the thing the thing about it is is as much as you're kidding you're really not because i mean what's what's it going to take for us to get i mean julia Barr back it's not i mean it's not like she has a 25th luke and laura anniversary Mm -mm. i mean a two-time Emmy winner being treated like this is just appalling. It's, it's I know. appalling. And the, here's a thought. Instead of bringing Jeff back for a permanent run, why didn't they take and have an Erica Jackson-Brooke triangle? Oh. Everybody would love that. Erica has been declawed as a character for all intents and purposes, and there is no better way for her to get her meow back than for her and Brooke to go at it, because those two have done it for That's years. That's her best nemesis ever. Next to, well, yeah, Brooke is be- Brooke and Adam are her best nemesis. and Maria not, was pretty good, too, though. Yeah, but she's not there. Um, There's a character I mean. we could bring back for a couple episodes. I don't know how in the world you'd do it, but that'd be oh, you interesting. You mean St. Maria of the push-up bra? Now listen, I like her. <laughs> That's what her. Erica called her. That's what Erica called her in their, one of their fights. And I loved it. I thought, well, who wrote that? Who, who let the good writer out of the closet? Because that was a really funny line. You know, St. Maria of the push-up bra. Maria was a good al- uh, adversary, but Brooke and, well, Brooke's now on the show, but she won't be for long. And Adam were still there. And having Brooke and Adam and Erica go at it just every once in a while... That's heaven for me. I love that because they're good, strong actors with a history, and you understand why they they have those ill feelings towards each other. I don't care about Josh. I don't care. I don't care about Babe. I don't care. Because I I think the single biggest mistake when it comes to Josh was making him a walking abortion. Oh, I mean, the thing the about it is rewrite in history. Ever. The, they could have they could have taken they could have taken him and made him not Erica's son, and I would have enjoyed the character so much more, and I may have actually been rooting for him as opposed to J.R. I mean, I love... The character of J.R. is probably my favorite younger male character in terms of overall character. But, I mean, he would have been someone to root for. Where now it's like, who who wants to root for him? Right. Well, and speaking, you know, speaking of terrible rewrites in history, let's talk about Luke and Laura on General Hospital. Boy, has this got uh, the message boards a hopping. This is just, I my head can't process 
Who in the world can mess up Luke and Laura? Oh, let me guess. Well, well wait, wait. The before before, before we get to that, we should probably explain a little bit of what's taking place. Go right ahead. Well, I may not be the best person to do this, but basically what's happening is Laura's back. 25th anniversary, four weeks. Um, let's see. How much screen time is, or air time is she actually getting? Probably three minutes. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, per episode, if that. I mean, I don't even think she was in it on Friday. No. And she wasn't on. Let's see here. She's on maybe three times a week. This three is the, times a week. These this two just... are like daytime royalty. They are pop culture icons. And we are – she's back for a limited time. She's, I mean, back for four weeks. And we – they can't be bothered to put her on for more than three times a week. Yeah. They can't be bothered to interrupt the Jason and Sam saga. And or I mean, or Alexis and Rick. And I love Alexis. I mean, I Nancy Legron and I love the Rick dynamic. I love them. But people, this is Luke and Laura. Mm-hmm. And even though I wasn't watching them back then because I would have been only, what, two? But <laughs> the thing about it is, is, I mean, even I can appreciate the fact that it's Luke and Laura. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and they. I mean, in one of the stories I read, I mean, they they were saying something about, oh, how we're going, supposed to introduce these two. I mean, they're going to bring back Luke and Laura so that they can help us uh, introduce um, old pe- uh, people, not old people, but people old who. people. <laughs> Sorry. The old geezers. No, no. Reintroduce people who used to pay attention to Luke and Laura and who might tune in for them to their children so that they be, get hooked on their children and they keep watching. Well, it's sort of hard to reintroduce people to their children when the people that they're tuning back in for are practically non-existent. They're not there. Hello? Exactly. We're not seeing Lucky and Lulu as much as we're seeing Jason and Sam and Carly and Jax and Alexis and Rick. You know, and I like, like you, I like Alexis. I like Jax. I especially like them together. I don't give oh, a flying I think that is flip the single- about Sonny. I don't give a flying flip about Jason. I definitely don't give a flying flip about Sam. I'm tuning in to see Luke and Laura. Dang it, show me Luke and Laura. Well, not only that, it's but I mean, I wouldn't... ask for. Well, okay, I don't quite agree with you all in there, because if Jason and Elizabeth were in scenes together, that'd be great. But, but not right now. This is not... I mean, well, like but you said, that, that could, that just could, a limited run. But even let's utilize her. But even well, okay, that's true. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to be reintroducing people to their children, what better way to reintroduce people to their children than to have a triangle between Jason, Elizabeth, and Lucky? Considering Lucky is their child, that's right. what I'm saying. But I don't. Why should it. Why should we be watching Jason and Sam on the run? Exactly. We're, they're not doing it. They're not showing Lucky. They're showing Jason and Sam. And I don't care about Jason and Sam. I definitely don't care about Rick's vendetta against Jason. I mean, boring. I don't care. I want to see how Laura's going to deal with the fact that, A, spoiler alert, she's going back into Catatonia. And is, that they, a, is that a by chance a country where royalty lives <laughs> on guiding light? The Cass, no, the Cassidines live there. They rule. Oh, Stephon's is that still it? still alive, and Star, Stavros is still there, and Alexis... Nikos never froze. Exactly. Alexis will go there soon. And nah, hey, 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 hey. Do not utter such words about Alexis. Alexis no. and Nicholas are the only reasons, and Helena are the only reasons I keep tuning in on a consistent basis. Them and the cues. That's true. But I mean, she doesn't die. Well, and the other thing that's really controversial, especially on the forums, I mean, and not just our forums, but, and if you want to check out our forums, once again, tvfanonline.com slash forums, 
But this whole thing with the Tracy, Luke, and Laura dynamic. Uh, it, I mean, okay, I love Tracy. And I, you? and I, wait, 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 let me make my point. The, as a newer viewer, I watched Luke and Laura before she went into Catatonia. I didn't watch way back when, but I watched before and I enjoyed them. There is no denying that having Laura back is amazing. But when Luke has those scenes with Tracy, I can see how much Tracy actually loves Luke, and it's, I think it's the first person that she's actually truly loved. And Luke has his own form of love for Tracy that I think is n- probably next to Laura the biggest love he's ever had. I mean, Felicia doesn't even rate on the scale. And, I mean, to me it's like, okay, I love seeing this dynamic, but, on the, but a lot of longtime fans are – in an uproar because of the fact that it's detracting away from Luke and Laura scenes. Exactly. It's detra- it's ruining the Luke and Laura um not myth, but um oh mystique. Mystique, aura, whatever you want to call it. And it's just causing tons and tons of fan outrage. And I and the thing about it is is I mean with it's only 4 weeks, I mean they have to do something to be able to segue out of it, but still Still have Tracy there to support Luke, and then have it build back up slowly. Don't have it interrupt Luke and Laura. It's stupid. It's stupid. This is just a stunt. This is a manipulative stunt by the higher ups at ABC Daytime. And I should have known, and I I kind of did, but it. I just feel cheated, and I'm not the only one. I feel cheated. I feel like I've been lied to again. And guess what? These ratings are going to plummet. And they deserve it. They well, and, deserve it. And why do they even have to have her go back into Catatonia? Why can't they have her go to some place where... Or be kidnapped by a, by a kiss and I. Oh, well, she could be kidnapped. I mean, that'd be a great idea. But, I mean, why couldn't she... If not that, why couldn't she go away for rehab? I mean, this woman has been in a coma for four years. I mean, we can't have just a miraculous, a miraculous recovery and then... Well, why not? We had it on Guiding Light. Well, true, but what I'm saying is, I mean, you can't have a miraculous recovery like she's having and trying to cram everything in without there being some sort of side effect. Well, because they could follow her. And that but would destroy that, the Luke Tracy dynamic. No, no it I'm would. No, no, no. It would not destroy that see. dynamic. It would not destroy that dynamic for because a, Anthony Geary takes vacations exactly often, and mm-hmm. they already had they had before they had him going off to sanitariums when to try and find cures. Why can't he be going off to sanitariums to try and? Like, just be with her to see how her recovery is going. I mean, that would at least leave the door open for, I mean, the possibility of return. I mean, they have, okay, what concerns me the most about this is they have taken the 25th anniversary, condensed it down into four weeks, not given piddly squat of airtime for this anniversary Mm -hmm. so far. And we're, what, two and a half, three weeks into it? Two weeks into it? Yeah. I mean, and and then they're they're just going to have her go. And then the wedding. Let's talk about that. They're going to get remarried on the anniversary of the first wedding of the big hoopla, most watched scene in history or whatever it's called. They're going to have it on November 16th, right? Um, so Laura thinks Luke is free to marry her. Oh, no. He's not even going to divorce Tracy. He's just going to tell everybody that he will. The only person that will know are Luke and Tracy, that he's still married to her. And so it's going to be a fake wedding to Laura. Now, if that's not a slap in the face to Luke and Laura fans, I couldn't tell you what is. And you know what? Someone from our forum, Salem2005, 
echoes your sentiment. And I'm going to just read, it's a sort of long paragraph, but I'm going to read it um, because it's that good. And she goes, okay, seriously, why is Luke suddenly in love with Tracy? You know, if they would have done this storyline before Laura's return, I could accept it better. But now that Laura has been back and Luke continues to declare his undying love for her, all of a sudden, just because Tracy told Luke that she always wanted him, and which is a major history rewrite, now all of a sudden Luke is in love with her? I he couldn't he if he couldn't love Sky because of his undying love for Laura. Now we're supposed to believe that he just all of a sudden is over Laura and be in love with Tracy. Way to go, Ru- ruining Luke. Way to go, ruining Luke and Laura's wedding celebration. Oh Tracy, I love you. Not Laura. L- okay, Laura's Laura. Let's get married. What the hell are these writers thinking? They're not. I mean, thanks for letting us Luke and Laura fans share the memories and be happy about Luke and Laura's love. Oh, wait. That's all fake. He really loves Tracy, not Laura. Sorry, I'm not buying it. Like I said, if they want, would have done this storyline before or even after Laura, I would have been okay with it. But why on earth did they choose to do it while Laura is back only for a short time? Just seems like a huge slap in the face to Luke and Laura fans. That's right. Testify. Exactly. <laughs> Because that's all it is. It's manipulative writing. They're they're saying, oh, well, we're keeping Tracy and Luke's still here, so we've got to set them up as the new super couple. And it's it's not it, no no well, it's not happening. And I don't think that I don't think that Luke and Tracy will ever be a super couple. But there's exactly. no denying that the two have care, care, chemistry. There's no denying that they'll make a great couple after Laura's gone. Because they're both very good actors. Exactly, and I mean, let's face it, Tracy deserves to have some love in her life, and she yes, deserves she to have. Does. I mean. But not right now. They they could have brought Coleman back at least. Tell Tracy he loves her on his wedding day to Laura. <laughs> there you go. I mean, hello. It's just, I, I just don't get what they're thinking. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it because I'm sure it's a scary place, their little minds. I I just I am just furious. And I, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just done with General Hospital for right now. So. Yeah, but you can't say that because you yes, because no, you can't because you have to do this <laughs> podcast and General no, no, Hospital no. is mean, a major I'm reason. I'm done investing in it. I can watch it clinically and just go, oh, look, another mob scene. Oh, joy. But <laughs> well, and, and the thing about <laughs> I'm not going to be cheering. I'm not going to care because every time I do, my you know, my feelings get trampled and and that's and I know that's how Luke and Laura, longtime fans, the ones who watched the original, are feeling because I got really invested in it and now. I'm being slapped across the face. And I, you know, okay. that's the end. Completely uh, semi-off this topic, but in, in relation to the Luke and Laura marriage, have you seen the pictures of the wedding? Oh, gorgeous. Okay, they are with the oh. possible, I mean, with the exception of Carly's <laughs> dress. I mean, that is like you watching. Mean the squad dress? Well, it's like, it's like reverting back to Austin Powers. I mean. Oh, it's awful. I mean, you just get a headache looking at it. And I love Laura Wright, and I love her as Carly. I mean, she's those a... boots were made for walking, baby. No kidding. <laughs> and I mean, I'm telling you, those hair extensions were made for pulling. I mean, it's just... Guys, if you haven't seen these pictures, she has the pink lipstick on. She has the splotchy dress. She looks like Goldie Hawn did and, in Laugh-In. And here's, here's oh. what's even better about these pictures. She's in a picture with Sonny and Rick at the Quartermain Mansion. Okay, explain to me this. How is Rick or Sonny, remotely connected to Luke and Laura's wedding. I mean, sure, Luke has had dealings with Sonny in the past, but it's not like he's going to invite him to his wedding. Right. Well, actually, before uh, Laura got, you know, put in her 
catatonic state, Sonny put a hit out on Luke. Put a hit out on him. There's no way that mobster would be allowed or even invited to the wedding. But Carly, it all, I can see it, because she's a spencer. And, but, yeah, exactly. I mean, how great would it have been to have her, her and her two little demon seed sons there? <laughs> Damien I mean, and Damien Jr.? Yeah, I mean, right. sitting, sitting, in the, sitting in the row, I mean, beside Bobby. I mean, that'd be great. Who I, is that? Who is Bobby? Oh, yeah. I wonder where... Oh. And Leslie, who is that? They're old. They can't be on this show. Sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm better it's just, now. It's just, it's just like there's so much potential, and so many of the pictures of the it's wedding wasted. look great because, I mean, Tracy's outfit looks hilarious. Oh, it's so great. So cool. I mean, you you can so tell that the cat, the cat, what is it? Not casting department, but the um, cost is not costume like wardrobe wardrobe department. <laughs> there we go. go. Is hearkening back to the '80s because Tracy looks just like someone that you'd expect out of the '80s, and Helena. Oh, diva. Yeah, exactly. Villain all the way. I mean, 80s villain. I mean, we have not seen, we have not seen, um, callers that high in quite some time. Oh, and solid black and just the glinting eyes and the hair. Oh, she's awesome. And you know what I want to see? I want to see Scotty catch the bouquet. Do you think they'd actually have him come back? No, because that would, you know, that would make too much sense and be too cool. But see, there's because a, but there's have a Robert Scorpio there. Okay, He's but out in the back, just a peripheral character. But to I mean, be fair, to be okay, to be fair, because this is a hotly contested topic on the internet. I was reading in our forums and pe- where people were discussing it. And to be fair, um, Tristan Rogers, I think, even said it on his site. He his he wasn't around as much in the Luke and Laura wedding and post or like in the years like since the, he was around before so he missed a whole huge section of it so for him not to be there is complete is not completely out of the thing i mean i can see him showing up at the wedding and being a peripheral character i don't mm-hmm. see how he would necessarily need to be but he's luke's best friend i know i mean i mean well that's true but i mean how great would it have been for holly to show up is she still around what about anna who is she how great would it be to have anna there Oh yeah, but for the we wedding. We can't have that because we have to have Sunny there. We have to have Rick there. We have to well, have, make sure that everybody has you know big hair and you know dropped necklines, and we have to afford it somehow. So forgive forgive my general hospital history, but isn't the guy who plays Nick on Bold and the Beautiful wasn't he once on General Hospital as Frisco? Frisco. Mm-hmm. Um, considering how bad they're writing for him over there, I think they really need to bring him back to General Hospital. The question is. But his, why? They would just ruin him, too, or waste him. Him and Alexis would be hot. Oh, Alexis is hot. But, oh, you know who I want Alexis with? Who? You know who Who do you want Alexis with? You want her with Jax, don't you? Well, okay. I love, I love Jax and Alexis's relationship, and I really think that they wasted not, tr- like, delving into them as a couple. But you know what? I think that Lex, Alexis was most at peace when she was with Ned. Ned, yeah. They were sweet together, but uh, who, who's Ned? Where's he? I mean, he's not even at the wedding, you know. And, and it's just—it's just a slap. And I'm—I'm I'm just so insulted by the whole thing. It's just so hastily thrown together. It's a manipulative ploy to get the ratings up during sweeps so they can get more money from the sponsors and stuff. And I just—I'm so disappointed. And I'm not the only one. And I'm Speaking sure. of ratings ploys and ones that I'm <laughs> actually looking forward to. 
Did you? What do you think of Terry Garber coming back as Iris Norback on cool. As the World Turns? Is that not so exciting? Well, I mean, two of the best actresses on As the World Turns, in my opinion, are Maura West, who plays Carly, and uh, Jennifer Landon, who plays Gwen. They're, you know, Iris is Gwen's mother, and she's going to be playing against these two people. And it's going to be so great. I mean, she it was, was so great. great the first time. I know. It's going to be even greater. I mean, it's going to be so good. Okay, having her back would be the equivalent of having Haley's mother back on All My Children. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, what is her name? What is her name? Oh, 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 oh. Arlene. Oh. Arlene. Yes. Arlene was a trip. Oh, she was so much fun. <laughs> and there's a perfect example of characters you can bring back to bump ratings. Oh, and you know what? That's why uh, so many people are aggravated with Crystal. They say she's a poor man's Arlene. I like Crystal because Bobby Eakes is just wonderful. I just oh, love yeah. Her. Amen. But, you know, you're right. But Terry Garber is just such a perfect fit on As the World Turns, in my opinion. I think she just slides right in a slot. She reminds me of Donna Love on Another World. That's who she reminds okay, me of. Okay, I'm sorry, but she's a pale imitation of Donna Love. But that's who she reminds me of. Oh, no, no. Donna Love is Donna Love. I love her. But, oh, you know what well, I mean? we're going that, that, there. Well, If oh, we're yes. going to even discuss Another World, then we need to do this because we need to do it right because that is a okay. show. The fact that that show got canceled for Passions is a crime against humanity. Actually, it didn't. It got canceled for Sunset Beach, which got canceled for Passions. But we won't quibble. It's degrees of separation. <laughs> it's still exactly. a crime against humanity. <laughs> I mean – And you know what? At the time of Another World's cancellation, they're pulling in what uh, Young well, and the Restless is now. No. Yes. No, I think they were pulling in. They're pulling in two point six. Um, and but they're okay. pulling in. Who two, would kill for two point six right now? Well, hell, that's what General Hospital gets on a good week with exactly. with Laura's return. And let me tell you, as many pissed off fans as there are out there now about th- this whole thing, I wouldn't be surprised if after she's gone, there isn't a steep drop off. Oh, there's going to be a, a, one heck of a drop-off, and they deserve it. Like I said earlier, they deserve that drop-off. How funny would it be if Guiding Light oh. bumped up, and so the top <laughs> the top four would be, or the top five would be Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, As the World Turns, Days of Our Lives, and Guiding Light. Well, it's almost Talk there, about, baby. I'll tell you what, Karma's a bitch. Oh, it's almost there, baby. For people that don't know, the, the ratings this week were released, and oh... Joy of Joys, Guiding Light moved from seven, uh, from eight to six. Um, all my children fell to eight. If if Guiding Light, if Guiding Light is able to move up to two point five, do you think it's at all possible that we can and stay there? That it's at all possible that we can finally have a get rid of these rumors of cancellation? I don't know. I, I really don't. I mean, um, how how sad would it be? For this show to be canceled when it's making a comeback. Right. I mean, folks, if you're not watching Guiding Light, our weekly plug, (laughs) you need to be watching this show because it is so great. I mean, the Reva storyline has... Gamble, if you want to pay us for these plugs, that's cool. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And we know that you've abandoned this soap in terms of promotion, but people, you need to get back. And if you aren't watching Guiding Light, you need to because they have some great storylines. It's a hell of a lot of better writing than most of the stuff you'll see on the ABC, though not all. And it it's the little soap that could. And it's That's up right. to 2.4. And folks, we need to get this thing up to 2.5. So if you have a That's Nielsen right. box and you are not chug, watching chug. this soap, then you need to freaking turn that thing on just for the heck of it. Even if you're not watching, you need to turn that thing on. If you guys have well, a Nielsen box, call me. I do. I have a Nielsen box, and I I will continue to watch Guiding Light on my Nielsen box, even though I had to take a little break from it this week because 
um, as a person who has survived cancer, a cancer death in my family more than once, I was so offended. And talking to people in my support group, um, they feel the same way. Uh, so you guys don't think it's just me. That Reva has been miraculously cured, that the day after she flatlined, she's being released from the hospital. Um, I understand that she had to recover. Hey, Kim Zimmer re-signed with the soap. Good. I love Reva. Great. It should have been slower. It should have been uh, more realistic. She should have had a lot more therapy. And so, I mean, she looks better now than she did, you know, before she got diagnosed with cancer. And I understand that they're kind of cover it saying, oh, it took this long for Jonathan's marrow to, to seep in and to work, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't happen that way. And it was kind of an insult to us all. See, um, and nothing against you or your personal experiences, but I disagree. Because yeah. in my opinion, A, you have to further the storyline, and Guiding Light has to do what it can to try and keep a semi-pace going to get right. this storyline, to, to get the next storyline going. And you saw how quickly they transitioned into Josh versus Cassie over Well, duh. Over them. And, and it was an insult. It was stupid. And but, it, it just made me hate Cassie more. Which well, I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> but but <laughs> the thing about that is, though, is, I mean, if you look at it and you consider the fact that Guiding Light is doing whatever it can to boost ratings, I mean, it's which is seems to be working because last week it was, six, what, seventh and now it's sixth? I mean, it was eighth. Yeah, no, it was seventh. You're right. It was seventh and now it's sixth. I mean, if it can get up to 2.5 and stay at sixth, I mean, that would be huge. So they're trying to do that and they need to turn these things around a little bit quicker. But also, the fact that, I mean, there's always going to be twists and soaps, and the fact oh. that the fact that we saw those great scenes between Jonathan and Reva when he gave his bone marrow and it didn't seem to work and all that happened, I can I mean in the world of soaps, seeing someone have a delayed cure, I mean, if Evangeline can get her sight back, oh, yeah. on one life to live, <laughs> I mean if. If Emily Quartermain can have breast cancer and not lose a single hair on her head, I well, mean, meningitis. And, I meningitis mean, didn't kill her either. I mean, if all that can take place, at least what they're writing on Guiding Light is a little bit more plausible than that. I mean, they're at least writing, I mean, they're at least following through on the stuff that they've previously written. Well, okay, you're you're right, and I I don't quibble with the fact that they did have to move the storyline. That's fine, but what offended me and many other people and um, many other people was the fact that um, Rick Bauer said, and I quote, "She was saved by love." Okay, fine, you know. Yeah, but Rick does Bauer... That imply, does that imply that I didn't love my mother enough to save her? Does that imply that I didn't love my aunt enough to save her, my uncle, my grandfather? No. I mean, it's it, it was insulted me, and it hurt me, and I had to turn off the TV because it was, it, you know, it was like a slap in the face. Oh, you didn't love your mother enough. And I know that's not what they're saying. I know that in my mind. But as somebody that has been touched by cancer and, you know, gone through the horror again and again... It bothered me, and I'm not the only one, but to get back on a positive note, how good was Mallet and Dinah this week? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, they just, they're just magic. When she went, when they, he cuffed oh. her to that desk and she pulled out the drawer when he told her that. That is Dinah. And then she just Dinah. walked out. Great scene. Oh, and when he was telling uh, Marina, Mickey, Minnie Mouse, that she 
the reason why he thought Dinah was uh, innocent was because he looked in her eyes. He didn't see guilt. He didn't see anger. He saw resignation. And she was just tired. She was tired of being blamed for everything that goes wrong. She's, she hasn't been to blame for anything that's gone wrong since she's been back in town. But she's always the first to be blamed because of her past. And she was just tired. And then it cut to Dinah when she was thinking back on the whole questioning of mm -hmm. the murder and how she just broke down and mallet gets her he's the first person to truly understand folks Dinah. if you want any context about what this couple is they are the guiding light equivalent of zendel plain and simple oh, they're just wonderful they're magic and i i was thrilled that they're having more and more scenes together because it, they were playing around that mallet and marina might be getting together oh i'm sorry uh, okay i like yuck. marina but i do not want a tr triangle between those three well hello mallet is her godfather yuck it's okay. so gross <laughs> once again being a godfather on a soap does not matter not when they've had two cousins Ew. and not when they've had kissing cousins i mean uh, it doesn't make it less gross though and especially because they don't have any chemistry at all. Oh, I don't know no. about that. I think they're oh, great. I, par think, I think they're any. great partners. I think they're great partners. Okay, that's fine. But romantic chemistry? Do you see any? Well, and the, the thing, the, well, and what I would say is, Guiding Light is very close to the edge of turning Dinah and Mallet into um, Jessica and Nash. Oh, if they keep this up, yeah. I mean, we we need to see some payoff, folks. I mean. Soon. I mean, because February perhaps, sweeps. I mean, I think I could hold out till February sweeps, but we need to see some payoff by February oh, sweeps. Oh, no, no. Well, this week is Dinah uh, Inside the Light. It's Wednesday centers around her, and I'm I'm hoping. I don't have any spoilers on it. I've looked. Um, do you I'm think that she could actually get married? They could actually get... See, what they need to do is they need to get these two married finally and then have to deal with trust issues as married people. Right. I mean, both of them threatening divorce, but both knowing they won't do it. Exactly. They could be the Alica, Alan and Monica of... <laughs> exactly. Well, they're, they're completely oh, set up to be so it. so much fun. They're just great. I, I just don't understand what's taking so long. <laughs> I know. I'm so, I'm so bad. I, you know, I'm just such a fangirl of this couple, you know, and they just, they really light up the screen together, and we need some happiness to balance out all this other dark on the soap, you know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we definitely. Olivia was raped by Jeffrey. Jeffrey has now raped two main characters on this show. It's, it's appalling. It's gross, and he needs to go. I'm sorry. I know Bradley Cole fans are out there, and there's nothing against the actor, but you cannot have a, a rapist, a sexual predator, as a. Semi-hero on a soap. Maybe and he has a twin. Oh, Richard's already dead. His heart's beating in Rick Bauer's chest. Now, <laughs> so, and then that little stick of nothing, Ava's their daughter? Come on. It's just so, I just hate it. I hate that whole storyline. Even though Crystal Chappelle, who plays Olivia, is killing these scenes. She has been amazing. I wonder if she'll get an Emmy nomination for it. Well, she she got one last year, and I don't see her not getting one this year. Uh, it'll come down to her and Gina Tognoni again, who plays Dinah, um, again for the for the award. I just know it because they're both just so amazing. 
see, I don't think this year supporting actress is going to be a really competitive. It's going to be tough contest, and I don't know that both of them will be able to slip in. However, wouldn't it be something if Guide and Light did another sweep this year, (laughs) two years in a row, their ratings are up. Oh, let me bask in that thought for a minute. I know. (laughs) And if they could get. Robert Newman to to win Best Lead Actor, even though that's not going to happen. That's going to Tony okay. Geary again. No, it's not going to Tony Geary. Mm. Eric Braden. Yeah, it'll go to that's Eric who it's going to. I mean, and and folks, name. we will have full Emmy coverage, pre nominations, <laughs> post nominations, and that is award our winners. Thing. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> and let me fight. tell you, we fight it out. <laughs> we throw down. <laughs> You think we fight now? This is nothing. We throw down. Last year, we threw down. And <laughs> who ended up being right? That would have been me. <laughs> well, okay. Except for best show. Except for best show. You got that one right. And But so. I'm pretty good at predicting, usually. Except for Less, the whole guy and light thing. Last year was last nominally, year. but I will base that. I will use my... Youth and inexperience as an excuse <laughs> for that anomaly. Now that I've watched Guiding Light, I can better predict who will win. Yeah. And, you know, for those folks that didn't know, he he used to make fun of me because I used to defend the Guiding Light. But I've never held it over his head because this is the reason. He didn't know because CBS doesn't really advertise Guiding Light. Oh, yeah. They, they, won, they won all those Emmys and they didn't do any promotion after it. So, Procter & Gamble had to pull out their exactly. own bucks to promote it after winning it because CBS didn't. I exactly. wonder if that will change this next year if they're up to a 2.5 in the ratings exactly. along with As the and World so Turns. I couldn't hold that over Luke's head like I should have, but I couldn't because it's not really his fault. Even though I told him, and to be honest, he started watching after I beat it in his head that it was a good show. Um it's not really his fault, so I couldn't well, really uh, say, I told you so, I told you so, because nobody was watching the show until recently. I couldn't you know, Oh, say and speaking of things. watching, why don't you tell the people what you told me about hospitals? Oh, that's a great, that's a great story. It's a, folks, sister, this is a little story that I find highly intriguing. Okay, my sister, who is a, a nurse, very highly trained nurse, um, hospital hops, and if for you that don't know that what that is, is she goes to several different hospitals and does shifts on different floors because she's very experienced and she's very um, pliable and she knows everything. She's really, really smart. Anyways, she goes to, I think it's ten, nine or ten different hospitals, and every hospital, every break room, every floor, and, and almost every uh, patient's room at 2 o'clock, Central Time, which is where she lives, instead of General Hospital, they watch Guiding Light. And I asked her why. Because as a nurse, I was very, you know, I never thought about it. I said, why do you watch Guiding Light instead of General Hospital? And she said, because it centers around a hospital, but you never see the hospital. The stories are about everything but the hospital. Isn't it Mob Vistal or whatever they call it? They call it General Mob Mobster or something like that yeah. or Mobster, Hopster, you know, whatever. But she said that it, it makes them mad, that the nurses are just over it. They don't watch it. They watch Young and the Restless and then they turn over to um, All My Children and then they turn back for another uh, not another world <laughs> as the world turns and then Guiding Light, and that's what they watch. And he, well, she said that's in every hospital she goes to. And you know what's really interesting about that is because you almost wish that, like, you'd have Nielsen boxes in those hospital rooms because how gr- – right. I mean, I'll tell you what. If they had a Nielsen box in the hospital room, I'd almost go to the hospital. 
I mean, <laughs> I want one of those damn boxes. Anyways, wow. I mean, but the thing about that is, and what's going to be mine. really interesting about the Nielsen boxes is, I think beginning this next year, they're going to start allowing college roommate and dorms to have oh, them. You're and well, I, th- I read this somewhere, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. where I read it, so I could be wrong, but I'm. 80 to 90% positive, but they're going to start counting college dorms as um, households no for, well, for this, which it should be very interesting to see how that plays out in the ratings. Because I if think NBC's ratings will go up. Oh, MB, Days of Our Lives will go through the roof. Like, I, yep. like, my place of employment, I work with some people who are in college, and I've talked to other people in college and through my college years, and I've talked to friends who have friends in college, and every time you hear about a soap, that is watched like loyally by college females, which is the target demographic. It's Days of Our Lives. It was that was me at college. Absolutely. I mean, every Days I mean, of Our Lives and God and Light. I had one of my friends tell me that her and her sorority, Days of Our Lives, was on. Everybody's around the TV. Exactly. It's that's exactly right. I remember that. Now, very granted, vividly. over the past couple of years, I don't understand how they could have stuck with it. But I mean, now that it's coming back. Yeah, now I don't mind them. <laughs> now I'm like, oh yeah, that's really good. Now go ahead and watch it. <laughs> well, and speaking but when of Riley days, took over. Oh, okay. Speaking go of ahead. days of our lives, they got some com- people coming. Smokey Robinson's coming. Now, yep, this week. <laughs> it just makes you. S- well, do you know the story behind that? How he's going to come on? No, I don't. Okay. Well, Marlena gets lost in the woods or something, and oh, Smokey boy. finds Oh boy, stretch her. of an imagination there. I know Marlena lost. What? Um, Smokey Robinson. Marlena, finds Marlena her. in danger. Wow, what a revelation! <laughs> That's, original. That's original. But uh, Smokey Robinson finds her, and then John finds them, and he ends up serenading them. Uh, Smokey okay. serenades John and Marlena, not John. <laughs> Thank okay. <goodness. laughs> And what happened to the Sheffers going to make Marlena a strong woman, and then all of a sudden she's lost in the woods? Well, I think this is the beginning of just wrapping up an old storyline and just trying to get it out of the way. And Smokey Robinson expressed an interest of coming on because he's got a new album coming out and blah, blah, blah. I think that was just a way to to tie up an old storyline and and progress this forward because Smokey's coming. And who's coming on December 22nd, Luke? Oh, please do not tell me you're a claymate. I mean, oh, no, we will we will be officially over on this podcast. Clay, ah, I live in Clay Nation. Whatever. <laughs> Clay Aiken is coming on December twenty second, and oh, do you know God. who he's serenading? I could if he's Bell. Let me guess, Bell. No, Steve and Kayla. Okay, what? So, oh yeah, so that gives you. How do those? How do, how do those two go together? Right. Um, They're definitely not but, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Well, that gives you every indication that they reunite if Clay Aiken comes on and, you know, wows them with his superior oh, voice. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not holding my breath. I mean, Luke, I mean, Sammy and oh, Sammy Lucas. and Lucas went and had those great, amazing dances and almost wedding so many ca- occasions and were serenaded. I mean, that one time when they were dancing, well, the, the rest of the city was watching them. I mean, it was amazing, and then they completely destroyed it. it. And then what came of it? Nothing. Like I said, you know, all, much to do about nothing. I don't know. I'm just glad that that writing regime is gone and that there's a new one in place because maybe we'll see some progress with these really good couples. Um, so we talked about All My Children, that Zarf's coming to All My Children. Oh, joy. Um, we've talked about who's coming on 
as the world turns. Uh, but did you know about Adam Munson being recast? Yeah, I heard about that, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what to think about it because I sort of like the guy who's in it. But well, to me, it at this wasn't point, anybody's fault. He was double booked, and he has a Broadway show with a. Uh, I can't remember the producer's name, but he's very legendary, and so. As the world turns, let him out of his contract because he was offered this role. It was a very mutual thing. Um, well, and Morrison, let's face it. I mean, if you have a Broadway role, you're more likely to get a movie role if, than if you have a daytime right. role. Right, and if it's it's a really um, you know highfalutin producer that he's been wanting to work with. And so As the World Turns was very generous and let him out. And so the, the man – do you remember the gay storyline on uh, One Life to Live where – Daniel Coulson, the DA. I do. It's like it was one of those things where about that time was about the same time they were in the process of destroying Dorian and David. Yes. So well, I pretty much tuned out. His but lover, I do. Re I vaguely remember him. You remember his lover? Vaguely. The, the, the college age lover. Well, he's going to pay. Obviously, it left such a mark of. Oh yes, I remember him visit vividly because you know it was such a disaster of a storyline. Uh, Matt Cavanaugh is going to come on November 29th as Adam Munson well, as Matthew Morrison leaves. My policy with all actors is give them a good month. Oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good policy. So, uh, well, know. and speaking of giving people a good month, we might have to need we need to wrap this up. We're pushing. We've went past the hour again. Oh Us? yeah, big surprise there, Are you huh? <laughs> but uh, folks if you've enjoyed this podcast drop us your emails at dc at tvfanonline.com as always be sure to drop by tvfanonline.com and if you're on myspace um, add us to your friends you can go to myspace.com slash tvfanonline would love to see you on myspace it, it, let's see what else is there to cover what am I missing that's about it. We were yeah. going to do some more comings and goings, but we covered most of them. In, well, and we can save them for another week. Some of these things are a long ways out there. And Oh, yeah. Swell, folks, yeah. that's it for this week. Hope you have a great one. It's been a and, pleasure as always. And on a personal note, good luck to Dan Gauthier, who is leaving this week as Kevin Buchanan on oh. the Life to Live. Well, now, why did you have to just there. end this on a sad I'm sorry. note? Sorry. Now no, we gotta, now sad. we got to keep rolling for another five gonna... minutes so that we can come no, up with something humorous do to do it. And I just want to say best wishes to you, Dan. I'm a big fan, and I hope and want the best for you always. And with that, I can let you go. <laughs> Adios, <laughs> folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>